Hello and welcome back to Pilgrim's Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me this week is Chris Allen, Mark Lovell and Tom Kirk. Right, guys, great to see you all. Mark, can you um, try and make sense of that yesterday for me? The Ipswich game, yeah. Another frustrating second half performance, really. We we haven't reacted well to conceding that first goal against Ipswich. And before that, prior to West Brom, that capitulation in the second half, we seem to be incapable of... Uh, putting up any sort of reaction, a little bit opposite to what we had um, under Schumacher, where we can, you know, even Juicenip and Nance after that, we conceded five times in a row, the first goal, and we came back and we fought well and we scored goals. Yesterday, it seemed like once the first one went in, we felt sorry for ourselves. We weren't able to react. Um, we accepted our fate. I don't like that, especially on home soil. I think us the fans deserve better, and yeah, I'm obviously you know we won our last away game at Borough. I'm gonna have to you know sit on the fence a little bit longer, but I'm looking for a reaction at Sheffield Wednesday on Tuesday. It's a massive game in the context of our season, and we need that first goal desperately. It seems we felt sorry for ourselves yesterday. It was unlucky. To concede, Brendan Galloway didn't deserve that. But, you know, Ipswich came out of the blocks second half and we we struggled to adjust just like we didn't, you know, get out of the blocks against West Brom. And we just, it's frustrating because, you know, it's something wrong when uh, Mikel Miller's looking like a world beater in this system that Foster plays and our main attacking threats like Morgan Whitaker and... Hardy are being marginalised and just to sum up yeah before you know a couple of weeks ago Whitaker was looking like a 25 million player and he's probably on the on the those last three home games he's lost about 10 million in in vigilation you can't go on um not using your best player and not playing to his strengths and our strengths of our team yeah He's earned his reputation as an out-of-possession coach. Um, maybe we are set up better away from home. Tuesday, we'll see. We need a reaction. Um, but it's it's getting a little bit squeaky bum down there at the bottom. Sorry. Sure that's, all, that's all good. That's all good. A lot to unpack, but um, that's the situation we're in. There is a heck of a lot to unpack. Chris, let's look at that first half because it was largely positive at times quite scrappy I thought to be honest I found it quite a difficult half of football to digest in terms of at half time I was sitting there thinking I'm not sure what to make of it there were positive signs but there was a lot the ball was turned, turned over a lot there was a lot of cynical fouls from Ips which I felt but all in all I went into half time feeling positive well yeah I think that's the irony isn't it that it was more positive as a performance than West Brom You've got to admit it's becoming a pattern now, which is to focus on not conceding. It means that you go, okay, we're not losing at half time, but that's a platform to then go on and win. And it seems to be we're building a platform to then go on 
and fall off a cliff. So part of me, I think I've said, like yesterday, I quite, I wouldn't say I enjoyed the first half, but you did think, oh, we're, you know, we're keeping them at bay here. We did have a few chances, actually. I think the stats don't quite reflect how it felt in a weird way, like one shot on target. It, there was a lot of potential for shots on target, if that makes Momentum, sense. Yeah. yeah, the first half was, well, put it this way, it didn't look like there was a bigger gap between the two teams in the league at 45 minutes than they did at 90. Yeah, uh, in the first half, you know, we had more shots on target than, than them. Our XG was higher. There was a period of time where we were creating some chances, and Mikhail Miller, chance you want to call it that, the volley, she probably did quite well to connect with, really. It was, you know, first time Holly, volley from a floated cross. There were chances that was happening, wasn't it? Tom, do you have any positives from that first half? Do you, or do you agree at all on what Chris and I have mentioned? I liked the press of their goalkeepers specifically. Um, I don't want to be lazy and come on here and say, why didn't we do that whole game? Because I appreciate that exudes a lot of energy. Mm. But um, that was um, that was good to see. It didn't demonstrate any fear or respect for the opposition that we were pressing down their goalkeeper. Obviously, they've done their work. The goalkeeper's a bit cavalier. They try and build attacks from that goalkeeper out of possession. And Ryan and Morgan were very good at chasing that down. Um, a little bit in the second half as well, but certainly in the first half. That's not a bad plan, as far as I can say. We we know what you like. This is what you're on our turf. This is what we're going to do to you, and we're going to force a mistake. Great plan, I'm being honest. Um, in isolation, I don't have a huge problem with the first half. Um, I think I think it was more they didn't play well, Archie. Um, I, I I'm not deliberately trying to dilute our efforts in the first half, but they didn't look like a team second in the league in the first half. They looked nothing on Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've seen a lot of Leeds recently. And look, maybe there's something in that. They're a bit more objective. Um, you know, when we're playing at Switch in League One, they were trying to convince us they deserved the title, basically, even they got less points by how they played, how many goals they scored. The irony is now they're, in a, they're doing the opposite to that. They're trying to keep pace with millionaire relegated clubs and you know they can do that by doing the dirty stuff and they picked up a win yesterday not playing that well themselves that was the bit that frustrated me um I don't think it was enough in the first half to be annoyed with whether we were happy with it it's possibly another debate but equally Archie football's football right you know that shot from Miller goes in and it's one nil or we dis or we um dispossess the goalkeeper like Mark said we seem to be very heavily reliant on scoring the first goal. That's that's important in football anyway, but the way that um, Ian Foster has come in and decided how we're going to play is a lot more solid, and that means we're less likely to concede than we were previously, and we're less likely to score. So we're really, really reliant on that first goal. Could have got it, um, didn't, but didn't do enough, I thought, Archie, to complain that it didn't go our way. You know, mm-hmm. great, great if it happens, but if, you know, if we'd had tw- 10 shots... I would have bemoaned our luck. We didn't have that many. Like Chris said, it's pro- pro- the the shots on target don't show how much we were in that first half. But mm-hmm. you know, we were competitive. A mm-hmm. uh, quick question on the fouls committed, kind of the least of our problems upon reflection. Twenty four hours later, about half time in particular, and we're thinking, crikey, Ipswich looked like a really dirty side. Was it like that in in the stadium? Because they committed twenty two fouls to our eleven. I'm not sure the referee was in control of the game. Don't. Don't know how that came across on 
TV. Um, uh, I mean, it, it, I really don't like getting into the referees too much because I think it's all relative. I think the standard of officiating is lower at the minute, but equally, I don't blame them too too much for it because I think it's a hard job. Um, I thought a lot of the calls were odd um, yesterday in no particular bias towards any side. Um, the ref was quite keen to blow the whistle for any kind of contact or anybody on the floor whatsoever, um, but also reluctant to put yellows out. Really wasn't in control of the game. Um, the fact that there weren't a lot of goals and it wasn't too spicy between the players meant that it didn't really escalate. Um, I put it down to that. Archie, a positive, by the way, you're asking me for positives. We're definitely a lot street smarter than that these days. Um, which I've got to watch what I say because am I condoning our players throwing on the floor? Mm, I don't know. We need to be more street smart. That's how I'm going to leave it. So did you? You but you said we are more street smart than we. Yeah, are. we are. We are. Yeah, look, we're, we're we're where we're getting pushes. Our players are making the referee know it to good effect. I think mm. under the previous manager that wasn't happening. Do mm. I like that? Not really. I'd like that the game was played with the utmost integrity. Mm. But you know the, the opponent's not going to do that. So this is the game, isn't it? Mark, before we move on to the second half, one of my takeaways from the first half was that I felt out of possession. I know we keep on saying it with any game of foster football, that we looked quite solid. Defensively, we looked good, I thought. Like Tom said, I also wasn't too sure on the quality attacking threat that Ipswich had, in truth. But I thought defensively, we looked pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, looking back, we always have hindsight now. You know, they were missing two of their best players who played, you know, a lot of games for them the last two seasons, Burns and Broadhead. And they, you know, in other games, we would have got on the front foot and we would have, you know, showed them what we can do. Worry, you know, mm-hmm. make them worry about us. But there seems to be too much emphasis on what we are facing, like this impossible machine. West Brom, you know, they were, I think they had one win in four away from home when they arrived at us, you know, and we made them look like some unbeatable team. Yeah, Leeds, we know all about Leeds. I don't like this idea that we're psyching, seem to be psyching ourselves out and before we've even kicked a ball. And once that first game, uh, first goal goes in against us, we're in, incapable of recovering. I don't like that attitude. I think it's a bit tin pot. And, uh, the excuses are getting a bit uh, wearisome, but obviously Wednesday we have the immediate chance to repair the damage. We've got two genuine six-pointers at Hillsborough and Ewood Park, and then we talk again. Mark, you, I mean, you, you was just to wrap up the first half, you said they weren't worrying about, about us. I thought they were. As Tom mentioned, the pressing was quite uh, aggressive at times. You know, watching back the highlights today. Yeah, we didn't test the keeper yeah. enough, though, do we? I mean, yeah, you know, but that's not, not the only way. In, that's you know, that's one element, and and how you what do you want to impose yourself on an opposition. I think the press was definitely working. I think nil nil was a you know a fully justified result. Yeah, both teams really didn't attack, um, challenge the keeper. Mm. It was a fairly comfortable nil um, nil. You know, yeah, I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware of what's to. I'm aware of what's to come. I think we just need to acknowledge the first half we did. There was an aggressive press. We like it was rushing, against West rushing, Brom. West Brom, but we capitulated after the first goal. You know, that's no. 
Well, I'm with you. I think Archie, Archie. If, if you have that exact same first half and we win the game, I don't think anybody complains about the first half. I think that's what you can say about the first half. It's a good, mm. it's mm. a good building block. I've got my own heat map here, though. By the way, which I think Mark, I'm trying to make I, I'm aware of the question Archie is about the Ipswich first half. I appreciate we've got the second half and the wider context to come, but um, we're we we there's some notable gaps from Plymouth Argyle in in a home match. I'm aware of the opposition but a home match um, next to no touches uh, outside the, our own D. So that shows long ball um, and absolutely nothing in the center third of their half, either in the penalty box at all. And a little bit down the wings, more on Miller's side and on Sorinola's side, doesn't the heat map doesn't even reach the box. So we didn't do a lot. If that is the building block for a 1-0 win in the second half, I don't think anybody cares. But that didn't happen. So my assessment is, didn't do a lot wrong in the first half. But um, equally, I'm not going to sit here and say it was great. Archie, can I, I've got a little bridge for us into the second half. You ready? Yeah, go for it. So I know, I know an Ipswich fan extremely well. We were chatting a lot during the week. So he said, when the McKenna came out and gave a very detailed view of what he expected from the game, by the way, a bit like mm. Foster does. He said, yeah, interesting football moves on. We've totally changed our style from last season. We're much more aggressive. Last season, we averaged 64% possession over the season. Now we counter-press much more lay traps, right? Mm. That was the first half. Mm. That's what they did in the first half. And I think what's consistent with West Brom, Leeds and Ipswich is at half-time, they've all gone in and go, these guys aren't trying to win. Go and attack them. Like, I think it, there's too many patterns that conservatism has to have a B-side. If, it, if you're going to do this, you have to have a, another gear. And I think that explains why we struggle against the better teams and the better coaches, because they're realising, Tom, your heat map. Like, we've come to play a game plan that works in the championship, we don't need to against these guys because they're not going to try and take a risk and attack us. So go at it. And that that's definitely how yesterday felt. Even without that inside, it felt that half time someone's just sat and said, we've got very little to lose here. Because mm. they're not going to try and score. I felt that was what the worryingly similar pattern. We were, we were far better in that first half than we were in the West Brom game. Even though again, the West Brom game is second half. That was largely the problem. But, um, we're not always doing that, you know, Coventry, Cardiff, Leeds, actually, even I think Leeds, the 2-0 fits the narrative of no goals at home in three games conceded however many. But actually, if, I think if you go look at the underlying there of the Leeds game, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't that bad and also pretty consistent with how other sides have fared against Leeds recently. And I was pleased with our second half response on that. Yeah, my concern... I like, I'm sure we'll come on to now. Sorry, Mark, I've seen you try and come in there. Is that um, where the second half goes and how similar that was to West Brom, even though it wasn't quite as bad? Yeah, and also Ipswich knew that with the win, they could go back up into the automatic promotion spot. So they had massive motivation to go for the three points and attack. You know, they saw that we weren't too interested in uh, attacking that much and they. They went for it. They pressed with intensity. And, yeah, they they got that lucky goal. But 
they didn't look back after that. They didn't sit back on the lead and we weren't able to muster a response. So that was it. They got the three points and on we go. Uh, all right. That second half, let's get into it. That first goal, who, <laughs> who wants to have a look at that? It was initially, I thought, yeah, terrible luck. Although I think Chaplin does a lot of good, clever things in the build up to that play and completely sells Adam Randall the wrong way. But of course, there was a huge element of luck to it with uh, the huge deflection of Brendan Galloway. What are our thoughts on that? Really unlucky. Um, that's football, right? Um, now, if we'd had 10 or so shots at goal, Archie, and they'd had one and that had happened, I think, and I do, I, I do read some of those posts on social media, so I do doubt myself sometimes, but I actually think the fan base is pretty good at deciphering between an unlucky 1-0 down when you don't deserve it versus a 1-0 down where you've asked for problems and you've got them. Um, and that's how I felt about it. Yes, it was unlucky, unfortunate. We'd rather that happen the other way. When we played Coventry, Coventry had more XG against us than we did against them. They had the better chances, but Mikel Miller's cross is turned in and that completely changes that game. And bar a little bit of game management, we win that match. You know, we, we that's luck, yeah. And that happened against us yesterday. I'm 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 not gonna bemoan our luck, these things happen. The things we can control is how many opportunities for that luck to present itself in going into our box and going into their box. So when that happens, I'm frustrated, of course, but then I'm looking at it thinking, well, they've asked some questions and they've got an answer. Um, and we haven't done that enough for my money at that point. Um, I don't really want to dissect that goal, Archie, for how it came about or any blame or whatever, because we're playing, that is where the argument is valid, that we're playing a team at the top of the league who've got a lot more money and they've got creative players, you know, in a world Morgan Whitaker does that. We go, Oh, his, you know, that's Morgan. That's what he does. <clears throat> um, we, we conceded some territory. They had a shot. It went in. That's what happens when you play a style of football that creates chances. Um, seems a, a long way away since we've been like that at home, if you ask me. And just on that time, I think it's where I do. I'm not sure I like, the way it's presented after the game. And Mark, I, I actually agree with you. I think that if you've got a head coach who's giving the message we're likely to lose against better teams must have an effect on the players. But I can see his point because, Tom, you just made it, which is that didn't happen against Middlesbrough, right, with an identical setup, an identical team. The same processes worked because... And so I do think the quality of the opposition, if you look at Leeds in particular and Ipswich's games before us, they're winning and they're winning comfortably at home and away with a couple of blips by two or three goals. So if you hadn't watched the game, on paper you'd say that isn't an unusual result. Yeah, It isn't an unusual result. And to me there's something in that, that a better quality team is more likely to succeed against you than a, than a lower quality yeah. one. So I think that's... Whether That's on the result. I agree on the result, Chris. Um, and your point to your your right to point out against Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough didn't play very well, so there's a. In my mind, it's okay. Are we better suited to play away from home? Based, you know, where there's a different setup, a different expectation, or I I have got this reservation in my mind that Middlesbrough just really stunk the place out that day, which helped. Although we did get a lot of shots. Um, 
I've I've done some data, chaps, just to check myself because small data set, and I don't want to be too reactionary. But um, I just had a look at how Ipswich have fared. Ipswich have played a lot of our rivals recently on their what is their five game five wins in a row. Um, so they're, okay, they're in form, but they've played Millwall, Swansea, Rotherham, and Birmingham, all teams in and around um, us. Um, on average, uh, the, their opponent has had 14 shots against them, four on target, and Ipswich themselves have had 15 shots and six and a half on average on target. Just And just for context there, context there, a little outlier is in the Birmingham game, with it, which was a home match against Birmingham, Ipswich had 26 shots. So there's a bit of an outlier. We had nine yesterday apparently improvement on west brom by far i might add and and two on target so that's below average against again small data set but if you're going to engineer some kind of comparison five consecutive games against our rivals i think is a good one so in a home match against them we have been below average compared to our rivals shots conceded and on target 14 and 6 which is actually on average. If you took that Birmingham game out, which I did did on the basis of an extreme outlier, that's again below average. So we have conceded um, ground on what we're willing to attack, in my mind, by how we're set up, and we've gained nothing for it. Appreciate small data set, but what's a fact here is that was a below average performance against that side compared to our rivals in the last five games. They did all lose, though. Like it's a great set of stats, but it, none of them won. So yeah, but yeah, but I mean, we knew. But again, this is my point: is we're, we're asking about results. I think if we score, um, if we make, if we, if we win the game, yeah, I look. Football fans are, aren't worried about that. We'll just go away and go. Yeah, that's effective. But we haven't won the game, so now I'm going back and looking for answers. We we didn't play as well as our rivals have been playing, and. That's the data. My observation being in the stadium yesterday that it, it was one of those games where I thought Ipswich there for the taking. They didn't look like Leeds did where they were uh, insurmountable. Hi, Mark. Mark. Yeah, I'm hoping that our, you know, we look better suited to play away from home on the evidence of uh, you know, those two recent victories at Swansea and Borough. That's my hope that we can go away and carve out some victories because our home form under Ian Foster is pretty alarmingly bad. You know, we have one home win against Cardiff and another home win in the Cup against Sutton, who are going to be relegated from the Football League. And those, you know, that's not good, you know, but giving uh, some, you know, protection to Foster. I mean, at least he's got those two away wins and that's, you know, where we're at. We're going to Wednesday and we have a chance to repair the damage of our appalling home form at the moment. So we always got a chance to to come back like we did against Borough. My gut instinct, Archie, from the evidence, we can talk about the reaction after after the goal. I do want to bring up about him, you know, later what Chris said about, um, where we kind of put it on the players. I didn't like that. But um, he's come in, he's seen what we're not good at, which is defending and a and playing away from home. And he's addressed that. And I think he has accidentally sanitised our home form. He's not done it on purpose, I'm sure. And I think 
uh, what's probably fair to say is, is, is it a reasonable expectation for him to have done both of those things in a limited amount of time with a high player turnover with a low budget? That's the debate. What's not the debate is that the home form is worse. It is. That's, that's a, that's a fact. The style has definitely changed as well, Archie. So just a quick on our 35 league games under uh, Ian Foster, we are averaging 10 shots a game, three on target under Schumacher. I've got it down as 15 per game with five on target. Small data set. I appreciate. But for that reason, I will point out that that Middlesbrough one is a real outlier. If you take the Middlesbrough one out of it, it's more like eight shots a game and two on target, which is not enough for a football club that has a mandate for attacking football. Okay. Um, going back to the game, Chris, what, <laughs> what, 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 what went wrong on that second half? Because it, the goal, it was coming a bit. We looked all a bit meek. And like uh, Tom touched on, Foster said in the press afterwards, the reaction wasn't great. That was his one criticism of the players. He then went on to say, I don't want to criticise the players. They've been fantastic and all those kind of things. But he did say the reaction to the opener wasn't great. What did you think? I think um, it would, maybe they do anyway, but it wouldn't do any harm for the head coach and the team to listen to the podcast with the the, the official club podcast this week. Um, yeah, not our podcast. Yeah, this is what they need to do. That'll sort it out. Um <laughs> That it's it's interviews with the youth team, right? Who in various ways describe what they did when they went four one down with a point needed to win the division. And no matter which way you cut it, and I'm as positive as anybody out there, that does seem to be a challenge at the moment. That we do seem to have lost a little bit of that that we've developed over the last four or five years at all levels of the club, that the answer is to be positive and attack. Um, I know, Archie, you find the comparisons lazy, but I'm going to do it. It really does feel very England. Like, England holds somebody, better team, bit intimidated, don't use their attacking force, go one behind, make a substitution, don't really have a plan to win. Like I might be prejudiced, but that's how I see England. The upside of that is that England and we so far tend to have a very good track record against inferior teams. So I think that hopefully that bodes well for the the next few games. But I, I I can sit in both places at the same time. I don't think the lack of attacking threat does us any favours, but I can also understand some of that in part is caused by the quality of the opposition we played in February and March. Like we all said, mm. there was a very real way in which from the start of February to Ipswich, we could get no points. Right? Looking at it on paper, we have some, but my God, the next two months, which look on paper more England-friendly, if you're a flat-track bully, are going to be really important. Yeah, I mean, a big comparison between us and England is that England are at the top of the mountain, so to speak top three teams in the world, arguably Argyle aren't. So that's we still have huge I, imposter syndrome when it comes to set up against quality opposition. England have really struggled against possibly, teams yeah. beneath what, them in that ranking. Yeah, what I would if we want to continue with England an analogy, what does strike me is that yesterday did feel 
like Croatia, like Italy, in terms of that second half slow collapse. It felt inevitable and a sl- like a slide that you couldn't stop. And the last 20 minutes of the game were a write-off for me. Um, the subs, I don't know who wants this, the subs for Sean Edwards, I, did, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I don't know if it's their fault or the system's fault, but I didn't see how they impacted or changed the game. Um, I have no comment on them, really. They, no, they didn't change the game, but I, I you know, I, I'm not particularly passionate about any of the guys that were taken off staying on. I thought Soranola didn't do well. Um, interesting, because he didn't do well against West Brom. He did very well against Middlesbrough. And didn't do as well, let's say, as say Mikkel Miller. Yesterday, I didn't think Soranola offered a lot. Certainly not going forward. Um, I suppose it all comes down to Archie's, you know, I'm bottling up a few points of Chris's there, is that we've we've built an identity. The, the, the chairman has mandated an identity for us, which we're not seeing at the moment, whether that's for the long term or not, remains to be seen. But, you know, the crowd that are in the stadium aren't used to seeing... Um, this kind of play where we're very respectful of the opposition. Um, and when it doesn't work, they don't like it. Um, when he did make the change, when Bundu came on, um, that was an admission to me of a few things. One, that he clearly does think that Bundu is a high-risk player who can have an impact, but he decided to make that change at 2-0 down when the game's dead. So that just screamed to me that he didn't take enough risks and at the point where the game's gone, then he starts taking risks. That's my take on that. Um, I'm trying to put together, you know, Ipswich, it was a bit ugly. So that, again, they're not the Ipswich of last year. They're a bit more solid defensively and they've got big center half. So I'm, I'm conscious that they're pushing us and it's hard to get out. So that yesterday is the only spell in the game where I would say you have to sort of bear in mind the quality opposition. We obviously want to attack at that point. And how much did they let us? Mm. My gut feel at the moment is just the system is not suited to attack. I think players like Whitaker and uh, Hardy are then reading comments of their manager in the post-match that he wasn't happy with their reaction. I would be very surprised if they're not looking around going, well, what have I got to work with? We're, 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 we're a long way back in, uh, in the pitch. We've got two pivot midfielders, not one. They're used to having that extra body going forward. It's not comparing like we're like. And, and I'm, what are you expecting them to do? What are we expecting them to do? Yeah, it's very frustrating. You've got, you know, Foster said he was aware of the recent history between the two sides and talked to the players about this, who the players were really keen. They would would have known that Bali Mumbo was a, you know, had some magical moments against Ipswich, that equaliser at Portman Road, when they were at Home Park. And he... Never kicked the ball yesterday. Million pound player. Thanks very much for that. And yeah, bring on Bundu at 2-0 down when the game's done and dusted. You could see that Hardy wasn't going to do anything yesterday, but we flogged him to death um, mm. ahead of Tuesday. You know, not making it very easy to like his decisions at the moment. Very much similar to what Chris is going into about Gareth Southgate. Playing football with a handbrake on in front of your own fans who pay their good money and want to be entertained. It's not good enough at the moment. Um, absolutely not. Just on that, on that Mumba point, Mark, yeah, he did bring Ash Phillips on at 2-0 down, which I, which 
infuriates me when I see it. It's almost, The game's gone at that point. It's clearly gone at that point because you've thrown Bundu on or you've not been having any points so far. So you throw a defender on. That'll nearly explain it to me. If anything, you make a, you need to make a PR decision at that point trying to attack the bloody game. Barley Mumba's a million-pound player. All right, he's not been in form lately, but he's our young million-pound player and he's developing, doesn't get a look in, where clearly the answer for Barley for me is that he clearly needs a, a bit of luck or a bit of something to go his way in attack and restore that confidence. Million pounds invested in there. Instead, we're flogging to, we're, we're playing older free transfers. <clears throat> so we're not really developing the player there. And against a opposition where he's had success, you can say it's League One, but that's the that they were there last year at Switch. So there's no reason why there was an opportunity for him to come on and do something. Um, I, every decision thereafter was either a poor one, Archie, or an admission that it was wrong earlier in the day. Um, and whilst social media is not a good reflection of our fan base, I think, I often think the match day crowd is arch and bearing in mind the satisfaction of the match day crowd drives the demand for tickets which drives the revenues that we need to improve um i'm not going to this this is a couple of games the west brom game was far worse than this and whilst i wasn't happy with it some of the reaction to that west brom game was utter nonsense utter nonsense and, and impatient i look at that thing okay that wasn't good you've made mistakes learn from it Coming back to this Ipswich game, what's the performance better? The lack of learning from failings from that game is planting some concerns in my mind. Chris, mm. you yeah. look like you're cheering yourself up then for a bit of positivity. Well, Come on. I don't know. Well, it is a bit, I was going to be positive, but before that, it is very England as well. It wouldn't surprise me if Borshaw and Edwards start the next game, which is, well, this one's gone. So let's do 30 minutes on seeing if something different works in light of what's coming. You know, it's very... Maybe there's no criticism in that. Maybe that is part of the plan, which is we need to rotate and let's... I mean, how many... And it's an England thing, you know, well, you know, I saw a lot of good things today. Like, what game were you watching? No. But more positively, and I'm stealing someone's stat, here from another chat. Everything went stat crazy yesterday and it's rolled into today. Um, the league stats for Foster do bode well for the games we've got coming up, apart from the form change amongst the bottom teams. But logically longer term, the league position is more important than their form in the last two or three games, right? Mm. They are less capable squads and he has a very strong record so far against lower teams. I will say I think Shepherd Wednesday is a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> because they do seem to be under where they should be in the league and have felt like that for a long time. But, Archie, if you want some positivity on the don't panic front, I still think if you look at those remaining fixtures... Tom, you said this, actually, when Schumacher was still in charge. The reason we need to be worried about the second half of the season is that our easier games are away from home mm. and we have really good teams at home. That is now just playing out in front of us. So, Yeah, and the advantage is we've, we've worked out to win away. So to be honest, if he hadn't unlocked that, I, I think you've got full justification for full-on panic and I think the bookies would probably reflect that as well. Um, <laughs> this, this is sim- I've got similar feelings to West Brom. I mean, I'm more, personally, I'm more concerned about the repetition 
than how particularly bad the West Brom one was. I know some people went into meltdown about it, but that just looked like, you know, Schumacher had those games, you know, lost 5-0, looked horrible, learn from it, recover. It looked like we'd done that with Middlesbrough, particularly those 22 shots on goal and 11 on target. Yesterday looked like, oh, okay, we've got imposter syndrome at home and we and we know what to do away from home. And we also were fairly consistent I think you can look at that, actually look at our, our data and think that's a bit wild. I actually think we're consistent and we're a bit subject to how the other teams play because Middlesbrough stank the place out. That's my gut feel. We've got some away games to come. I think if he picks six points up, Archie, I think we just have to chew this over and think, look, he's just changed, completely changed who we are in a couple of months. Um, and we're and we're we're going to be sort of one nil nick away win merchants. You know, I still I still can't get away from the fact that despite being 46 years old with a family and two dogs, I have a picture of Morgan Whitaker on my phone <laughs> every time I look at it. And it feels like it's from another a bygone era. Like yeah. that is very, there's something in that. No matter what else, no matter how much you philosophize, discuss, his kind of weird little ostracism over the last few games doesn't feel good. And now, maybe, maybe, you know, he's had a difficult time of it if you follow social media, but it'd be great to see him coming back. Forget everything else. If if a combination of him and the form and the structure and the opposition works, could be sat here in three weeks going, there we go. What are we worried about? He's bagged another six goals in five games. We've got 10 points. It was just that Foster was right. Why are we worried? We lost to Ipswich, Leeds and West Brom. Well, I think if, I think if anybody had the choice to sort of play this way and guarantee we stay up, Chris, I think we'd take that now. Um, and I think you can point the Middlesbrough game that clearly Foster has plans for Morgan on a good day. Um, I just, I, I, I do worry that this is, I really hope this isn't the long term. And I've seen some of the comms from our ex-manager at Stoke coming out saying, look, I've said about attractive football. Um, bear in mind, he's had to, he's been forced to do that with a change of personnel and a really poor record. So I'm not pining for our old manager, but he's come out and said, attacking football after wait, we're going to pick up some points. Ryan Lowe did a very similar thing in the League One season where we got dicked like 4-0 by Rochdale or something and lost six in a row. Um, the, the outward comms from the club on that aren't, there aren't any. We, we've got a clear um, strategy from the club of how the how football should be played uh, in the long term. And there's been nothing on uh, whether there's permission to sort of alter that for the minute. But it clearly isn't, what we're seeing now is clearly not what the club is asking for Long term, the disadvantage to that, Archie, before I let you come back in, is Morgan Whitaker, part of a player trading pool, as is Barley Mumba, um, to generate income for us to get better for our five year plan. Yeah, their values have dropped under Foster, whatever anybody, you know, it's very subjective, but their values have dropped. Morgan's had less opportunities to take shots and score goals, value will drop. Barley's not played. Um, the that's a financial impact to us. Yeah. So it's not just about <laughs> the the way to play to win games. If if like and if you had certainty and everybody knew this was the way to stay up and the other way wasn't, then of course we'd back it. But we don't. What we're happening is we're losing matches. There's little to show for it. And it doesn't if you're if you're scoring the criterion on what this style of play is achieving on our other objectives, it's not scoring particularly well on that either. The only the only debate in town is whether it's fair enough to criticize the head coach at this point. For me, the, the the facts on whether it's good or not aren't up for debate. I think we'll know in mid-April. I think we'll know in mid-April. I think we had a very 
unusually difficult run of games. Right? Three out of the top Whether five. Whether that is a sign of a bigger change, we'll only know okay. once we've had a run of games, which fundamentally is against our rivals. Somebody remind, me, somebody remind me how QPR did at Leicester yesterday, Archie? Yeah, how, I think how, we're. How, I think, how, how hard is Phil did at least with Leeds? Yeah, I think we're. I think we're in danger of um, eating into part two here. Just on Morgan, <laughs> very qu- just on Morgan, very quickly before we wrap up. He this is a, not unprecedented for him. He didn't have a great start to the season. When I say he had a good start <laughs> by Morgan's standard, standards, it wasn't great. He had a four game spell like he's in now with no goal contributions. It's happened before, so I, I think we need a bit of context there. As Chris kind of touched on, you know, his partner was in hospital was no secret she posted over social media he's had a tough 24 hours over this game he he was ill himself a a week ago for i think a good week um it was revealed i think with i hear a lot of things to get concerned about i don't feel like that is one personally or it ranks lower on the list barley is has he had a great season was steven schumacher getting the best out of barley member of the championship i'm not sure uh, but it's, um, yeah, look, he's not getting a lot of minutes. That's, yeah, Tom's right. You can't argue that he has not had a lot of minutes at all of late, especially that, those quick, you know, run of games and midweekers as well. All right. I think it's time to take a break before we uh, get into our championship prospects and how, how Sheffield Wednesday is going to look. Time, time for a break. Time for a breather and back in a bit. All right. Welcome back to part two. Now we're obviously getting used to, Fosball and what it entails. I think as we try and unpick it that bit further, it would be good to maybe reflect on our own thoughts and feelings on Foster throughout his time here. The Leeds podcast. So just after we lost 2 0 at Leeds, we were pretty positive despite the defeat and came out with lines such as, right tonic for me, Rome wasn't built on a day. For the interim, this is better. Free hit on playing style until our status is preserved. Kov, second half, fantastic. Leave second half, great. I don't buy the idea that this isn't entertaining. This is far more enjoyable. This is a technical upgrade. Mark Lovell last week, people need to grow a pair and accept or embrace the relegation challenge. Chris Allen, we could easily get four out of this five of just been with Ipswich being that fifth. Now, I'm not looking to have a go at anyone. I agreed with all of those comments, especially, I think, Chris, you know, we went into this run of games saying this could be really, really tricky. We could get no points. We've got four, one below what we needed. Are we still standing by those lines that we said on the podcast? Someone's listened to the Simon Hallett podcast about giving their opinion first, by the way. I'm all for um, changing an opinion, but I think we need to acknowledge it if we do. Yeah, uh, I'll start. Um, I a couple of those I think I recognise in mine in there. They were before I'd seen how uh, us at West Brom and before I'd seen us at Ipswich uh, against Ipswich yesterday. Um, and I don't want to be that person who changes their mind over a couple of games, but I'm seeing some merits in the concern with every game that goes on. For every game, Archie, the data set widens. Um, there's a clear shift in the product. Um, spoke to my dad yesterday, very, very level headed Plymouth Argyle fan, at the envy of me, if actually enjoys the highs as much as me, completely unfazed by the lows because he'll say he's seen it all before. A couple of comments about the style, so that just sits with me. Took a took a took one of my children with me yesterday, um, who has been to me with uh, to, to defeats previously, um, including the Swansea three one home defeat. And I 
very, very proud of my children that they're not fair weather children. They enjoy the uh, experience. But uh, yesterday, my son was pretty disengaged. Now, it could be for a number of reasons, just throwing that out there. I'm just starting to see, Archie, some alternative points to my own that I can't just simply nail my colours to my chest and ignore everything that I'm seeing because we're seeing, I'm seeing home fans streaming out of the stadium en masse long before the final whistle. Um, I'm hearing all the noises that I'm hearing. That's not data because I appreciate there's a lot of support for Foster or I feel, I, my gut feel is actually it's a bit reactionary to um, just position themselves to the opposite, to be contrary to the nonsense that we're hearing. But um, there's a there's a disconnect appearing. Um, you know, Ian Foster walked down the tunnel yesterday, to the tunnel yesterday after losing that game and I, me and my son applauded the players off. You know, I ain't going to be able to do that many more times and keep me happy, I must say. Um, I, I, I'm all for fans doing a little bit, need to do their bit a little bit more than just let it go toxic. But I, I think Mark made the point in the last part. Um, he's not, that he's making it difficult to give additional support. Making it difficult Mark. to give additional support. Yeah, Mark. I mean, the beginning of the pod seems such a long time ago and I did say, you know, ask me again after Sheffield Wednesday and Blackburn. I mean, the, we appear to be better set up away from home to secure those victories because if we're relying on a home form at the moment, um, we're struggling really badly. And conceding that first goal seems to be a hammer blow that we cannot recover from. Um, so, you know, whatever's happened, happened. I want to concentrate on mobilizing again and get into Sheffield Wednesday and try and get the result that we need. Yeah. We, he has credit in the bank for what happened, you know, with those two performances against Swansea and uh, Middlesbrough who are also struggling. So Mm. let's, let's concentrate on what we can do on Tuesday. We have the immediate chance again to recover um, and get, get the result. It's going to be tough, but you know, maybe with expectations, a little bit lower, we can go there and it'll be, you know, a really a bit of a freeing moment for Foster and the team again. But mm. I don't want to see a continuing like, you know, saying he doesn't want to blame the team, but then coming out in the press conference, yeah, actually, I, I'm going to blame the team for failing to recover from conceding that first goal. You're contradicting yourself there a little bit. And we've hired a media savvy coach and he's not really doing it at the moment. I know it's tough to be... Uh, uh, to lay yourself open in these pre- press conferences when you've beaten so badly like we have at home in front of your own fans. Uh, but it's... Yeah. It's so the, press the, con- moment. the press conferences are getting a lot of uh, attention, aren't they? The West Brom uh, clips went viral, relatively speaking. And his comments yesterday haven't gone down too well albeit not on a West Brom scale Mark so do you 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 don't like it that you said that his only complaint would be the reaction to that to going behind you'd rather he wouldn't say that he's contradicting himself a little bit you know so I know it's tough to be sort of you know to say everything 100% perfectly in the heat of a press conference um it must be it must be tough he's feeling it he must be feeling the pressure He's got a difficult job. He's had a difficult job to try and, uh, you know, get a group of players together 
after losing Finazaz and all these, you know, critical players that we had. Uh, I get it. And we do, you know, I'll try and glean a positive out of it. We would probably not have won those away games under Schumacher. So, you know, let's concentrate on Tuesday, beating Sheffield Wednesday, and let's talk again, Archie, in the next pod, I think if the, I'm the allowed comment, to come back on. <laughs> the comments that stand out to you that you read out, Archie, was about the free hit on playing style and it not being that bad. What I would say on that is um, that's a small data set, and what I, I think that was my comment on it not being that bad. Is that I hadn't seen anything to make that conclusion at that point. I appreciate the attempts on target had come down, but so the opposition's against us. Um, so I just thought it was a bit early. It wasn't that I thought it was great. I just I thought it was a bit early to make that comment. The, the, since then, the home games have, you know, given more credit to that argument. And in terms of a free hit, yeah, look, again, I said it earlier, if, if, if we knew that this was going to keep us up, then I, I would take that. Somebody comes out publicly and said, sod the attacking football from it, we're just going to do a stay up and then we'll build it in the summer. I'm all for that, but, but without that, what I actually am then worried about, okay, there's, that's not a deliberate play. This is just what we're getting used to. And actually, is that what we're getting next season? There's no guarantee that that's what we're going to get next season. But I think people have got the license to think that without any communication to the contrary. Um, mm. Chris, there's a there's all sorts of theories flying around online. Some of them very valid. A lot's been made of Foster not bringing in any additional help. Obviously, Jusnip is now seemingly a full-time assistant coach. Would you like to see Foster have more off-the-field help? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's under under commented. Is that a word? It's not reflected that whilst we've replaced the playing staff, we're still down off the field and. Yeah, there is a part of me that thinks the perfect foil to his capabilities would be if there was an assistant coach or manager that was really experienced in the division with a bit of an attacking mindset who could go, eh, I'm just switching up. But my bigger point, so Tuesday morning, I'm normally up quite early, I did have a moment of clarity, which... In a, in a, you know, with Argyle not winning every game and it being an election year in America, <laughs> I just like, I, I was like, I don't need this in my life. And I just pressed the delete button on Twitter. And it is interesting the difference it's made. I mean, on a personal level, every now and then you realize quite the extreme level of addiction that, you know, it's not just teenage girls at Instagram that are out there addicted to social media. I mean, proper detox like I was going to my phone like oh no I haven't got that anymore but the other side of it is on a personal level I feel like I've got 20% more headspace than I used to have genuinely mm. I'd recommend anybody tries it just to see how it affects you but also Archie to your point for all of a sudden I'm completely immune to all this online stuff and it's quite a nice feeling it really that's is nice, not that's to that's nice to consider. It's, it's nice to hear mate I think we could all do with a, a little less Volterol in our life. My question to you is actually, is it because my uh, share this with the listener? Um, when, when, when you read utter nonsense, I'm like you. My gut reaction is to shut it down, probably with 
a, a defense too far the other way. But if you're cutting out what I would call, you know, <laughs> complete, non- complete nonsense. I was just so you might have to edit out that pause there, Archie, because I corrected myself a couple of times. <laughs> <in my mind>. but <laughs> If you, cut, <laughs> if you cut out that real extreme nonsense that's really ill-informed, does it actually help for you to be a bit more balanced, do you think, on um, on what we're seeing? Well, I, on a, I, who knows? So it's early days. Um, but what it does, it, it, it means that my perspective is not having to take into account that mm. noise, yeah. which I think is really important interesting because i go back archie to everything you've said i do probably would have anyway stood by let's not judge anything until the end of the season because we don't know if it's worked so if at the end of the season the trend continues as it is that we beat or draw with the majority of teams around us and we lose against teams in the top six we will stay up. Yeah. Um, so I'm less privy to the reactionary noise. But Tom, you said it earlier. This year, across everything that's not even football, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't know what Joey Barton's doing. That's wonderful. Right? <laughs> I don't need to know what Joey Barton's doing. I don't know what. Sorry to get political. You know, some gun-toting MAGA in Phoenix thinks about the fact that the world's run by lizards. Like, that's also quite nice. So I think it's bigger than it's bigger than the reaction to the game. Mm. To answer your question, Tom, ironically, I still come down to the fact that I can see a benefit in being more defensive, but over the last three games, at home, without any influence, without any social media without anything seems a bit weird that we're marginalized. Now. <laughs> right, I, I'd say, I take it. I take it from what you're saying, mate, was we all need a bit more joy in our life. My, um, my, my thinking is I, I, I don't know this, but I assume the reason we have an attacking philosophy rather than defensive philosophy is it's just like, we can't guarantee the result on the pitch. Right. So it's about ins- ensuring there's a better experience. If the product's not good and the results don't come, there's very little to fall back on. So Ian Foster now, in the next couple of games, has got to go to those couple of away games and get some results to kind of justify where we're going. What I don't want to see is apologies nonsense that says, oh, well, Sheffield Wednesday are in good form. Oh, well, Blackburn's an away game. You know, that's a tough game. That's not going to work. That's not going to wash for me, given the approach that we've given to these home games and the comments of the head coach after the game as to why, you know, we've not won them. And in a couple of occasions, he's intimated like we should be grateful that we're playing them, which I, I don't like to hear. I don't want to finish too much on a bum note. There's plenty of time to sort it out, but I would like to go to some more home matches and see some green shoots from that learning, even if it doesn't mean winning. Mm. Do you think if Schumacher was still here, we'd be playing the same football? I look at him and Ryan Lowe. Both have gone quite conservative, Ryan Lowe especially, in the last year. Schumacher very recently because they're in a real pickle. But my, my, my point is, if Schumacher was still here, do you think he's still playing this football which results in 3-3 three, three draws? Um, 
my gut feeling is... was it was this inevitable hmm well, I don't know if he had the ability to organise a team in such a way. So I think you're envisaging a situation where plan A for him is not working and then he's got to switch it up. Mm. Um, not sure. Not sure he has. Not sure I'd like to. I mean, look, the, that's, this is a this is a, if my grandma had wheels moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's gone and screw him. You know, I hope they go down. Um, all right. I think we're all a little bit hurt from the, you know, probably what's also worth to contextualize here, Archie, is I think if everybody else doesn't win around us yesterday, this is a more positive pod and the fan base a little bit more mm. chill. I, there are those factors are in. Everybody's a little bit emotional, but equally that doesn't mean that we had more shots on goal yesterday, you know? No. Yeah. Um, no, uh, the only reason I read out those quotes from our podcast um uh, sounds awful when you say it out loud um was i think i i'm trying to hammer home the point that it's 180 minutes of football albeit not great i think west brom was pretty unprecedented in the levels it reached uh but it's just 180 minutes however i do hear what tom's saying i'm from if i summarize tom the trends have been there for a while and now they've been kind of emphasized uh, one last point We've seen a few fan favourites no longer in the, well, some of them no longer even in the squad, let alone the starting eleven. Joe Edwards, he's, he's playing a bit, but the likes of Callum Wright, Dan Scar, Bali Mumba, Michael Cooper's asterisks there injured. What are our thoughts on those five not seeing a lot of game time? Well, you talk about Michael Cooper. I think, uh, yeah. It was a worry that he hasn't had enough game time, but um, for me, he's the best goalkeeper in the EFL. If he's fit to sit on the bench, he's fit enough to play. Thanks, Connor Hazard. You've been a, you've had a good season, but let's get our best goalkeeper in between the sticks. And if you want sort of an improvement in distribution and uh, you know less panic. Um, when the goalkeeper has the ball, you know you pick Cooper as well. If that's part of your plan, if if that's part of your ta- tactical setup, yeah, because we saw that passing the ball back to Hazard uh, as we tried against West Brom, that that does not work. So let's pick Cooper and try and make it, you know, to the end of the season with one of our biggest assets. Okay, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Connor Hazard, who's had a good season. He's a very good goalkeeper, but Cooper is one of our own, and he's better than Connor Hazard. And Bally Mumba, I've said earlier, um, yeah, he needs a bit of love. And it worries me that now um, Mikko Miller is, is suddenly our best player in this system. Something's gone wrong there. Uh, mm. We need to make the likes of Morgan Whitaker and Ryan Hardy and Bali Mumba stand out for me. Okay, maybe we need to solidify in this decision, uh, in this division, and maintain our status. But Bali Mumba's tremendous player. The fans were all singing, "We want you to stay. We want you to stay." Singing his praises all last season, and now we've got him. Um, there's been a massive disconnect there, and he, yeah, he's maybe not had the season that we. We envisaged, but he started the season with that wonder goal against Huddersfield, and I think raised expectations which were not uh, manageable. So we need to show him a little bit of love, I think. So let's concentrate uh, on Cooper and Mumba. Yeah. First message I got at nine oh one a.m. Eastern time yesterday from the Ipswich fan was Mumba injured? Question mark. 
Now, in fairness, he's not, he's lip switch fan, but it kind of underlines that we didn't play our kryptonite, right? He's been a thorn in their side and mm. ex Norwich. Oh, I will say that I've never judged stuff that we're not privy to. You don't know what they're performing like on the training ground. There is a, you know, a lot of the exiting players are doing brilliantly in League One, but the but the, the jump is very significant. But it's no coincidence that we've landed on those two. I, I couldn't agree more on Cooper. Love to see him back. Ruthless though that is. And nothing more than gut feel and investment says that I'd like to see Mumba more because we know we've got it in him. The other three, Edwards, you know, can play that role. Yesterday it seemed a little late. If you wanted the fire and brimstone that we got in the last 10 minutes against West Brom, I've got a signed Dan Scar shirt, but I'm not sat here saying he's the answer to anything that we saw yesterday. Mm. Just regarding Cooper, I I think Schumacher was a bit lucky, really, with the timing of his return. He had an international break. I'm pretty sure he played in some reserve or behind closed doors game. And then it felt like a natural kind of bookend, if you like, then to bring him in again. I don't know if Foster's thinking the same here. International break coming up again. It's been a while, three games until our next break. Tom, how would you play it? Well, he said publicly that it Hazard's got the shirt and it's Cooper's to get off him, which I saw on Friday, which threw me a bit because I I, I appreciate I'm not a football man and there are other people who know football better. And there are just, there are matters about football, intricacies of football that the, you know, boards of directors and fans should leave to the experts. Yeah. Um, but deciding whether Cooper or Hazard is better is not one of them for me. What do you want him to say in the press, though? Well, yeah, again, I mean, he, he, he might he might be spouting, you know, give me the last couple of um, presses. I'm I'm not sure what to think about him. What I will say about Ian Foster is when he came in, I thought he was very factual. and I liked mm. some of the language he was using. And we were winning and playing a bit better. So I was my mood was better. And <laughs> uh since West Brom, yesterday's comments on those, I'm I'm really not sure what to think now. He's kind of protecting the players, but he's kind of not because he threw them under the bus yesterday. Um, mm. I'd throw Cooper. Cooper's coming back from a lesser injury than he was last time, and he's got championship minutes under its belt. For me, it's uh, it, it's a no-brainer. For me, mm. I'm not a, I'm not a professional footballer. It looks like a no-brainer. Like Chris says, caveat that with I've I've not seen him on the training ground, so I don't know. Uh, what's going on? And equally, you know, take take what the manager says in the presser with a pinch of salt. The, the, what I'll say about I won't go through those players individually, Archie. And I made the number point earlier. Was the chairman came on the pod and said that we use data and facts as a club. Suddenly, we've had two change of managers. I appreciate the styles are complete polar opposites. Which again, you know, where does that fit into our strategy? But. We're supposed to be using facts, right? But he seems to, they seem to have very, very different opinions on the abilities of some of our older guard, of our Edwards and our Scars and our Callum Wrights. You know, Scar was playing ahead of Plegothuello under Schumacher consistently. Pleggy was great yesterday, by the way. I think we were there was we've missed the point where we were looking for positives yesterday, but that was one of them. Plegothuello and Miller's improvement under Foster, I have to give him props to, looking very good. Um, mm-hmm. But. You know, they were being picked out. They weren't being picked out of pity. The manager was picking them. So facts are facts, right? So 
I'm missing it. So that can only be down to it's not as simple as facts or facts. There's far more opinions in there. I appreciate the the what the expectations under the different styles might be. The, it might be it might just be as simple as that. The second point I will make is we achieved a lot. We we had a team last year that didn't fear the Ipswich and Bolton and Sheffield Wednesday had more money than us. We went and were front-footed and took it to them, particularly at home. And I think the club has come out and can, uh, stated publicly, be it through Schumacher, through the board or whatever, that our team spirit last year was a big intangible, which made us the better of some of our parts. Ian Foster was hired uh, uh, for his 21st century approach to players, I believe, not treating them like lumps of meat. So uh, player care is important, but also that he was balanced and that he isn't afraid to make changes. My gut feel on that at the moment is he isn't worried about players' feelings to put a, a, a player that looks better in a p- position to play. If you take away the intangible of our team spirit, Archie, for whatever that's worth, um, you are left with 11 players assembled with the lowest budget in the league. I am reserving judgment on it, but I, you know, it's it's just one of the things when I'm sort of trying not to jump to really rash conclusions that I'm noting down thinking, okay, let's see how that plans out. Mm. Callum Wright, he's an odd one, isn't he? He hasn't seen any action really under Foster. I think a bit of time with Huddersfield and Leeds in the Cup. But he's gone AWOL completely. And it's it's, uh, it's sad to see. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, that's probably one where I don't know if Schumacher's opinion was that. Callum Wright had a big injury, uh, didn't he? Which put him out of action. He came back into a Schumacher formation, which didn't suit him. He preferred the other one where he was a wide player mm. rather than a narrow 10. Um, and he's out of position. When he came in, he replaced Morgan Whitaker on that right-hand side and did well in League One. Um, I, I just think that might be sort of a casualty of our standards improving. Callum's had a few chances, not a load, Archie, mm. but um, <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it? We're not meant to judge the manager on a small data set, but Callum's been judged on a small data set, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You wonder if there's a way back for him. Um, Albeit, you know, I don't, we don't know what we're seeing in training. Could be, could be garbage no. in training. You don't know. No, no. All right, guys, so let's wrap this up. I would like to look at the next three games as a whole. You know, we did, we did a lot of time on looking at this really tough run we've had, and I think we can kind of accept it's over now in terms of play, teams at the top of the league, albeit Sheffield Wednesday away seems, you know, it's probably not what the doctor ordered, but there you go. The next three games, Sheffield went, Sheffield away, Blackburn away, Preston at home, international break. Chris, how many points do you want to pick up or do you think we need to pick up from those three games? Can I hedge? Budge, hedge. Um, I don't think it's about the next three games. I think it's about the next 10. So I'd like to see us get at least five. But I actually think if we have the, the biggest risk, even though I won't see it, is if we lose at Wednesday and then the world will come tumbling down in many people's eyes. But I think it's a longer game than that. A lot of those teams have to play each other. A lot of those teams have to play people high up in the division. Two points looks very precarious right now. 
but there is a very logical point that we could drop into the bottom three and still finish in 17th. Tom, how many points are you wanting from that set of three? Well, ideally more than, um, you know, than we need on on average. I think we were aiming for about 52 points, Archie. I just think someone have to do the maths on what's possible here, but it feels like that that's... That might not be enough. It feels like this might be a record high requirement. I, I know what that feeling feels like. We've been on the wrong end of that in League One. Um, yeah, I, I, we need a win in there. I think to go with three more games without a win would would concern me, although I suppose if we drew all three of them, that's not the end of the world. So what would I like? I would like six. I'm not demanding six. I would like six. I think if you got two wins, I think you could write off the the middle. If we look, we we had this with the West the Middlesbrough game. What I will give credit to Foster is if he does manage to annoy us at home every week and win the away game, one and a half points a game will be safe. But he's got to do it. And if he and if my point is, if he doesn't do it, there's not a huge amount of places to hide. I'd like six, Archie. Three will be okay. Less than three, we're asking for real trouble. Hmm. Well, Mark. obviously, I want nine points. Yeah, obviously. Um, Top six. Top six. If, if we can afford to lose one, you'd, you'd say, yeah, we. if we're going to lose one, we lose to Preston at home, which will be, you know, melt, another meltdown after that, losing to Ryan Lowe's men. Go again. Let's concentrate on Wednesday, one game at a time, that boring cliche. Not interested in Preston at this stage, not interested in Blackburn. Go to Wednesday. Get a result there. Whatever that was, we a draw would be a good result there because it is a six pointer. Um, I want to see some attacking. Put in a performance like we did at Borough. That was twenty two shots on goal. Um, obviously, Wednesday have the momentum, but maybe with the expectations being a bit lower, we can go there and get a result. Whatever that is, but do not need another defeat in our lives right now. Mm. We've mentioned six pointers, and Mark is right to treat each game as it comes. So, if I was looking at the fixture list yesterday, I didn't quite realise. I did. I don't think I've fully, fully sunken in. We've got Rotherham away, QPR home, Leicester at home, Stoke away, Millwall away. That run, that's it's, it's incredible. You couldn't have scripted it really. That they will be your cup finals, won't they? Especially those four against those relegation contenders. They're hard. They're hard to read, Archie. Are we are we playing Leicester at home, who are in first place, albeit they've lost three games in a row, or are we playing mm. QPR, who are in the relegation zone, but they've won three games in a row? There's a world, mm. right, where Leicester get out of their rut in time for us. QPR turn into a mid-table side. There's a lot of there's a lot of luck involved here, um, mm. which is why <laughs> I, I appreciate Foster's showed us up, but we've got to have bloody shots on goal. However much randomness there is, if we don't take shots, we will not score bloody goals. We could lose all these games, and we're the lowest budget, and I'm a level-headed football fan for my money, and I'll get over it. And I think that most fans, they're smart enough to work out the difference between losing with a whimper and losing not with a whimper. Let's go to these couple of away games and try and win the bloody game by having enough, a sustainable amount of risk-taking to try and win the match. If it doesn't come off, Fair play. Yeah, if we go over, if we go there, we sit back and hope for a nil-nil and lose one-nil. I will be livid. Why are you bloody swearing, Tom? <laughs> Alrighty, time for a break. I think any last words before we wrap up this part? 
No. All right. Very good. Back in a bit for the quiz. You can go on with your quiz. Okay. Welcome back to part three. Let's wrap things up with a quiz. Mark, over to you once again. Yeah, this uh, real really have a effort to lighten the mood after that very serious pod ahead of the uh, Sheffield Wednesday game. So a quick quiz this week. I have delved into the transfermark.com website, which you cannot 100% rely on, but it lists our record signings over the years. So it should be fairly easy to start off with if I say... Um, we signed this player from Norwich in the summer. Uh, who is it? Barley Mother. Yeah. And we signed this player. The managers forgot who he is as well. <laughs> we signed this player from Swansea in the summer. Who is it? Morgan Whitaker. Okay. And we go on like that, going through the list. See how far we get in the next few minutes. It gets progressively tougher, though, with a slight warning. So the next one for you, Tom. Okay. QPR. QPR. Uh, is that what I get? No, no, no date? No. Well, I don't think money. you need a, a bigger clue than that. You're a very informed Argyle fan. A, a, signing a player from Queen's Park Rangers. For a club record fee. Oh, yeah, I do know who you mean. Sorry, that is uh, Simon Walton. Yep, 975,000 in 2008 9, apparently. Yeah, there you go. Next one I'll give to Archie. This was a striker, and we signed him from Cardiff, a particular favourite of Paul Sturrock. Steve McLean. Steve McLean, okay. Chris, you might need some help with this. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, um, this is where we signed from Motherwell um, 600,000 he was a left sided defender um, some would say journeyman Scottish defender he lived in Tavistock played a little bit of golf um, his first name was Jim <laughs> I, still, I still don't know yeah, no. 600,000, is that true? Yeah, according to transfer. Are these adjusted for inflation? No, I guess they are. Sadly, no, sadly not. That makes sense. It's like a sandwich is about 200 quid these days. Does anyone know? Before we... Jim Patterson. Jim Patterson, Jim Patterson yeah, indeed. Yeah. Chris did say that a while ago. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm going <laughs> That's all right. Um, Fighting his corner. Okay, an easy one now for Tom. Debrison... Uh, 600,000 um, in 2006-7. Archie will pull me up on my pronunciation. <laughs> um, uh, Peter Hamoshi, I believe. Yeah, indeed. I only know because my first boss ever was um, Hungarian and he, he was a big football fan and he couldn't believe it at the time that we had uh, three Hungarians and he gave me a lecture on how to pronounce Hamoshi. Which I think is a correct. Mm. Uh, Great uncle Hungarian. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll test that later, perhaps. Right. <laughs> Next one is Sheffield Wednesday, 450,000 in 2007 um, Arguably will go down as one of the worst ever signings, in my opinion, that we ever made. Sarah, can you repeat that first bit? I was thinking about my old boss. 
Can you go back? Okay. Sorry <laughs> to pull that moment for you, but it's Sheffield Wednesday. Four hundred fifty thousand of the Chef Queen's pounds Chef. at the time. Were there any other clues? Chef word three. Yeah. Um, Mid- midfielder French, I believe. Oh. Yeah, indeed. And the, his surname means basically uh, stupid or moron or a mistake, that type of thing. Joanne Foley. Foley. Yeah, Foley. Wow. There you go. Next one's a bit easy, Chris. All right. Is it? Uh, yeah. I like the way yeah. the, the light, light in the mood quiz is list our dog worth signs. Sorry. Transpired that way. Well, ultimately led us to bankruptcy. Pensa must be on its way. This is a striker, 450,000 from Swansea. He um, he loves ice cream. Got it. He's a ki- yeah. he's a kiwi. It's Chris's go. Fallon. Rory Fallon, yeah. yeah. There you go. Comparatively good signing amongst that crowd. Yeah. Everyone remember the picture of him naked with a sweet corn? Not particularly. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I can't think of anything else now. Everton striker um, Bobby Williamson. Oh yeah, that'll be um, Nick uh, Chadwick. Well, yeah, okay. And now a particular favourite, FC Porto, four hundred grand. Akos. Please say his surname for the uh, acoustic listeners. And for your old boss. I bet this. I don't know. How to, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's a bit of a sh- right, Bajaki. It's good sure. enough for the judo uh, listener. <laughs> All right, next one's quite tough. Is it your go, Tom? Back to you. No, it's me, sadly. All oh, right, sorry. Oh, uh, right, we had this uh, player came up in the um, in the nicknames the other day for the, the for the listener that was really paying attention. Barnet, three hundred seventy-five thousand. His nickname. Was Judy? Oh, oh God! Jason Punchin. Yeah, Jason Punchin. Well done, Chris. You were paying yeah, attention. Well, I wasn't. Can I just we, got it from the can we see? Was he really? Can we see? Can we see how many times he played for us? Not much, right? Yeah, only a few. I think he fell out with Paul Sturrock. Yeah. Um, next no one is Port Vale. Three hundred fifty-seven thousand, allegedly. Um, Centre half. Uh, he was a star signing for Peter Shilton back in the day. Um, yeah, okay. This is going to be um, Peter Swan. Oh, Peter, Peter Swan. Swan. For the yeah, team. it didn't turn out too well. He did, but once he did the best clearance off the line I've ever seen. Like yeah. diving, ed- diving header off the line. All right, should we? Should we come to a close here? I think we're uh, getting to the the dregs here, particularly when I. He just had record wages. He came on a free transfer. Record descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I digress. Coaches United, three hundred twenty-five grand allegedly. Uh, journeyman midfielder. Carl Duguid. Yeah, well done. Good one. Another one here. Was he called Ebenezer? Was that his nickname? Only to you, possibly. Right, next one. 
All right, let's draw to a close. The, the frustration of coming up with a good nickname for someone ten years after they've stopped playing for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one is Wickham. He was a striker, uh, Welsh. Uh, we're coming up to that time of year. Easter. Yeah, mm. first name for an extra point. Jermaine. Jermaine Easter. Well done, Chris. You're on fire. Fuego. <laughs> Quick. All right, all right. He did quite well, didn't he? You know what this demonstrates, actually, considering, like you said about inflation earlier, Chris. It's like I know we think about those couple of million pound transfers, but we've thrown some money around stupidly in our history. well, or or go the other way that, in relative terms, our squad is a miracle based on current budgets. Mm-hmm. Well, both, to be honest. both. Yeah. Last one. Yeah. Now. Well, Punch and Easter were good championship level players, weren't they? Well, Punch and Premier League. Punch and would have been, but he had a bad attitude yeah. for the two weeks he was with us. Anyway, last well, one. Hang on. Was he the one who got caught stealing a toilet seat in home base? Can I, please correct it. One of our players or ex players got done shoplifting in a DIY shop. Fact. Pretty sure wow. it was him. That's next a week's quiz. good question for for a next next quiz. You know, people that have broke the law while at Plymouth Argyle. <laughs> probably, best, probably best we don't. We oh, needed to that last week, mate. Christ, yeah, that had to be added, edited out. Yeah, <laughs> three hundred thousand from Aberdeen. This is for you, Archie. You know that, Nick. Chris Clark. Yeah, well done. Let's leave it there for the listener. Let them. Um, leave this uh, punishment for another week and uh, onwards That's, and upwards Argyle there, there we go there's next week's pod oh, I can't I oh, was too late and Aberdeen Argyle combined XI I reckon we could do it and there's there's a plethora of goalkeepers I reckon we could striker yeah I've got a striker I'm doing this pod in my head it's good pod content there well, we go next week's pod I'd rather, rather be talking about a victory at Ewood Park but <laughs> All right, should I'm we? Um, Archie, I'm gonna. I've got a busy week at work. I'm gonna amuse myself by using Roman numerals every time. Uh, I have to do a number. Did you just say XI? Did I hear no. you right? I can't wait to do that. Hopefully, there's more than one V of us here next week. I won't be here next week. In my hair. <laughs> um, a lot of editing to do on that one. Cheers, Mark. Good, <laughs> good quiz. Thank you. Always. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Chris. Much. And thank, thank you for listening. And we're back with you next week. <laughs> <laughs>